0: You're listening to Modern Marketing, a podcast brought to you by Influicity. At Influicity, we build brand communities that drive revenue. Learn more at Influicity.com. On today's episode, Influicity CEO John Davids talks with Melanie Reifenstein, Senior Manager of Brand and Communications at Car Data. So Melanie, you started in the agency world and then moved over to the brand side. The first thing I'm curious about is what is that transition like working as an agency person and then actually being the client?
1: Yes, it was a really great learning experience. It was very phenomenal, actually. I mean, you go from the agency where you may be spending your evenings and potentially weekends working on pitches and just trying to get to be, to be get the client, essentially. And then all of a sudden, you're on the other side... And you hold a little bit more of the control. You hold a little bit more of the cards. And I love both, really. I think that, you know, on the agency side, you're such a team. You've got such camaraderie with everybody working together for a common goal to land that new client or put out that new brand commercial. But then on the client side, you really have the ability to. Brainstorm different areas where you want to go, and then go work with an agency, for example, that has all the like creative power to get you there. So I think that both of them offer their own unique sides, and I'm really lucky to have done both.
0: And then when you went over, so you went over in 2015 to Rogers, which is the biggest telecom, or you know one of the biggest telecoms, that is sort of like the Canadian AT and T. What was that like going into you know going from an agency to basically one of the biggest companies you could possibly go to?
1: Yeah, it was a huge change. I was at JWT, which is now Wonderman. There are about two hundred people in that office in the Toronto office, and then suddenly Rogers was five thousand people. So I think the biggest change was just not recognizing people that you work with, you know, or going to or will be working with, walking through the hallway, seeing people in different meetings. It was just such a small city, basically, working at Rogers. I loved it. It was such a a cool experience. But yeah, I think you just get to know everybody at the agency side. And then there's people that you come and go on the client side that that you may never, ever work with again. Or you may never understand another side of the business where they're in. There's so many niche roles and niche areas that need filling in a big company like Rogers.
0: Yeah, it's so siloed. I often say that working with big companies, because a lot of our clients are are quite large, it's basically like a whole bunch of small businesses. You know, the person who runs the business banking unit has no idea what happens over at the credit card unit at this bank, right? And so it's it's yes. like really your own little P and L that you're running.
1: Yes, exactly. And you really have to prove your work and prove your case out to many different cross functional teams at a big company like that. Like I started on the brand side at Rogers and social media brand specifically, and I remember having to go talk to different teams about what they're doing and and they really weren't aware of how much the brand is makes such an impact for our customers. Like you really have to educate and and you know talk about it and declare it around the organization. so you become your own advocate internally,
0: yeah. So this podcast is called Modern Marketing, and we'll talk about modern marketing in a second. But let's go back to 2015 and talk about social media and content and influencers. What was the world like back then? What, what were you thinking about as like the big social thing that we have to do?
1: Yes, it was funny. I think even before that, a few years earlier, we were measuring things like likes and comments in client reports. <laughs> like yeah. Our world has changed significantly now in terms of the capabilities that social gives us. So yeah, from Roger's brand rewind to 2015, a lot of the social work that we were doing on social media was around brand positioning and trying to get build brand love. And I don't think that those themes have gone anywhere. I think that the way that we do them is a little bit different. You know, we would explore basically like work, how do we work with our customers and maybe surprise and delight them? Like surprising and delighting was such a term and i still bring it up every now and then to this day but and i think that there's some value there but that was a really big focus for us like surprising and delighting our customers and being there for moments in the the cultural calendar so how does rogers show up and talk about you know may the 4th be with you for example yeah. like those were things that were priorities for us which sounds like fun right it doesn't really sound like work
0: yeah and and were you talking was it like all about instagram or all about snapchat or was it facebook Facebook,
1: very highly on Facebook. I remember at the time we were really examining like Twitter and how do we need multiple Twitter handles? Do we just, you know, focus on the one? How does the customer see us? So, Twitter, Facebook. I actually helped launch the Rogers Instagram channel, which was a really interesting learning experience. Little did I know that even though we had followers on the channel and no posts, the first time you post, everybody gets this big alert. So that was a fun learning for me that we luckily we posted something pretty good, but it wasn't as it didn't have as much of the the big bang that we had, were hoping for with the Instagram launch. So yeah, like those are are just like my history is sprinkled with those kind of stories.
0: Yeah. And then what what about influencer? Because I noticed your title changes in 2017 to influencer relations. So I've got yes. two questions about that. First of all, did you guys think about influencer like its own channel or was it just kind of an add-on to social?
1: So it was a bit of an add-on to social until it became an actual practice at Rogers. And I was a senior manager, so I was promoted from brand manager to senior manager to look after just the influencer program for Rogers as well as Fido. So the program was already starting to be built by the time I took it on in that the person who was looking after it, she was looking for potential influencers who fit the Rogers brand, doing a lot of research, right? You really have to find the right people and then start engaging with them. So my role was engaging with influencers, setting up their contracts, figuring out how many posts they were going to do for us per year, what content they were going to talk about. And then what was their medium? Like we had YouTube influencers. We have a lot of mommy and Instagrammers. We had Twitter moms who would host Twitter parties for us and we would do that over the holidays. So it was it was massive. We had upwards of 20 influencers, sometimes 30 at any given time across both brands and we were managing not only like paying them directly but also compensating their services. So that was a way that we were able to really provide them with some value because Rogers is, you know, a pretty big purchase for everybody over the course of a year, you know, like the average consumer does spend quite a bit of money with them monthly. So we were able to provide that in terms of compensation to some of our biggest influencers.
0: Mm-hmm. So I want to ask a kind of a, a bit of a nerdy question here, but I think a lot of the listeners who are at big companies will will get a kick out of this. One of the challenges, and I know I know at Rogers because we did some work with them around this time. One of the challenges was just paying influencers and getting them approved as vendors, and like you know making sure their content was brand safe. And so I think one of the things that small companies take for granted is that all this stuff is just kind of easy. And then when you're at a big company, there's a lot of red tape. So did you have that kind of red tape, and if so, how did do navigate around it?
1: Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. We we definitely did. You know, an influencer sends us an invoice, and it's not just as easy as sending it off to your accounts payable team. There are three different tools that you have to create and, and build PO numbers and everything. It was it was very difficult to navigate, and I think that that's sort of like common knowledge with a lot of big companies too. But yeah, so sometimes it would take months to get somebody set up in the system correctly before that they could get before they could get paid. It was actually easier to get their services paid for than to like physically pay for them, pay their invoice at times. But everybody got paid and everybody was happy and very understanding. And, and they knew a lot of it was also like on our side, we just I was a senior manager. I had a, a communication specialist working for me like we we didn't really hold a lot of clout in people's inboxes when we asked them to help us. So, yeah, <laughs> that was the thing. But, yeah, now at a smaller organization, i it's just those things are just done, and it's such a relief. like you don't have to have those headaches,
0: yeah. So you've been at Cardata for the last eight months or so as we're recording this. What was the reason for making the jump, And what was kind of the biggest difference going from a huge company to this much smaller org?
1: Yes, absolutely. So one of the reasons was I just returned from mat leave and I was sort of looking for some changes. And I think I was really attracted to the smaller, more agile environment. And Cardata has a lot of that technological side that Rogers had as well. But then in terms of this role that I'm in right now, Senior Manager Brandon Communications, there's so many opportunities to do everything that i've loved from my past so social influencers content marketing communications like there i wear a lot of hats and i really like that because almost every single task that i do at card now had its own role at rogers that i did on its own so being able to sort of take a step back and focus on this today or build this from scratch has been really amazing and rewarding. And the team is phenomenal too. So,
0: so are, are you overseeing like almost everything now? So I report to VP of growth who oversees all of marketing.
1: So just to make sure I'm clear on that. So demand gen and everything. But I am on brand content PR. And I have a small team and we're small and mighty. We're creating content blogs. We're looking for new avenues for 2023 in order to help educate our customers. Because that's really the big pillar for us is how do we educate on what we're doing right now. Because like with Rogers, you don't really have to educate too much. It's a given. right But with Cardata, you do.
0: Interesting. So talk me through that. So the the value proposition is on the company page, it's like reimburse mileage. And I have an understanding of of what Cardata is. But how are you... What is the education piece? What hump are you trying to get people over?
1: Yes. So trying to understand what vehicle reimbursement program would work for their teams on the road. So understanding the size of their teams, how often they drive and just communicating our value prop, which is we have an amazing product. We are partners with you along the way. Not only do we offer an app that helps people track their mileage, but we also give you insurance compliance and make sure you have our like professional eyeballs taking a look at your teams and how they're driving on the road with their insurance, with their licensing, with their cars. Are they compliant? Are they IRS compliant? So we have just so much in-house expertise about this topic that can be very niche, that can make people's eyes kind of go, you know, like, I, I don't want to worry about this internally like leave it to the experts kind of thing. So I think that that's one of our superpowers really.
0: Yeah. I almost think about it like something like payroll or taxes when you get into those nitty-gritties and you're able to kind of just it happens automatically like hey it just it just happens now. No more taking yes. notes, no more filings. It really is a big value off someone's plate.
1: Yes, exactly. And quantifying that for us is really important too. So you know whether it's saving 40 60 80 hours a year of work you know our customers really value that they go i was doing this manually and i didn't have to like that is a huge realization for us plus they can always reach out if they have questions or or need support so that's that's sort of the essential business
0: this podcast is brought to you by influicity since 2015 we've been building brand communities that drive revenue First, we did it through influencers. Then we added podcasts. Today, we work with world-class brands to build, optimize, and run breakthrough programs that create and capture demand. It's time to stop renting your influence and start owning it. Learn more at Influicity.com. So what are the big avenues right now? So you're trying to reach, why don't you tell us kind of who you're trying to reach, who's that ideal customer, and what are one or two ways that you're effectively reaching them today?
1: Yes, absolutely. So our customers are B2B. Essentially, they're working at their current roles, either in a finance perspective, HR, so CFOs, HR recruiters, et cetera. More so on the HR management side. And we also work with sales teams and sales leaders who are looking to help their employees on the road. So we do have a specific amount, like a number of people that we are reaching out to who can potentially buy our product right it's not like anybody could just walk in off the street and purchase it so we are looking for people who are eager to find us (laughs) so that makes it challenging as well as sometimes a little bit easier so if they're already familiar with what we do we're really focusing on search and making sure we're seo optimized because we want to be there for when people are looking for us so that's more like when their intent is there and we can capture the demand but then there's also the broader market that may not know we exist that is using a mileage log to track their mileage right now. So they're not even with one of our competitors. like They wouldn't even know that our solution exists. And in order to get to them, we're looking at education content. So blog posts, ebooks, webinars, getting in front of them via email, if possible, You know, if they subscribe to a newsletter or they show interest. Social media channels, LinkedIn, is a huge one for us as well. So yeah, there are a few ways. I also run events at Cardata. So we've been to a few events and being there at a trade show where our personas are just walking around is is really inspiring and fun because they get to come talk to us and having those one-on-one conversations, you can't beat that. So yeah, uh, yeah, that's just a little bit of an example of how the challenges that we're trying to solve.
0: And is more of the market... I'd imagine, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but I'd imagine that there are more people that don't know you exist or don't know the solution exists who would want it versus those who know it exists and are searching for it. Is there more of the market that actually is just greenfield opportunity because they have no idea that the solution exists?
1: Yeah, I uh, we believe so. It's like the tip of the iceberg, right? Like You just see a bit of it. And then what's underneath is so much potential.
0: So what's... um. Let's get into some platform specifics. What are your thoughts on TikTok right now as an avenue to reach these uh, these buyers?
1: I love it. We've had these discussions internally. I think it's it's definitely an area that we need to put our focus on because all these platforms start out like word of mouth. You know, oh my daughter's using this, my son or my kid or whatever, and then suddenly it becomes a place where your aunt is right. So we we to... We want to get on the platform as it's the horizon is is showing, right? You want to get there early, build your brand, you know, build your content. So I think that TikTok has huge potential, especially for the B two B side, because more and more people are joining it and are finding interest. And then TikToks are being shared in other channels as well.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because a lot of people like I agree with you 100, but there's a lot of folks who are like TikTok. It's like that's where 14 year olds dance. Like, what are you talking yeah. about? And yeah. so... <laughs> Do you have to push up against that resistance in your own organization or or do you have a lot of buy-in there?
1: Luckily, I think we have a lot of buy-in. I think all of us are eager to try things. And just from my experience working with the vendors in the platforms like Snapchat or whatnot, building that relationship with the vendor with the tool, essentially the the social tool is so important so that you can really understand what kind of audiences they already have there, how they recommend reaching out. There's so many like resources now available. Like we used to have chats with Pinterest at Rogers, right? Like how do we get onto Pinterest? You know, and they were always pretty open to discussing things with us. So I think that that's one of the number one steps is like get in touch with them.
0: Yeah. I want to circle back to Pinterest and snap in a second. But let's just cover LinkedIn first. What are you doing or what are you finding on LinkedIn that actually works? So
1: we find education posts are really key for us. So anything that will help educate our buyer around some of the complex topics that we sell, because they really can be complex. People are going to Google to search them as well. But if we put a question out in front of them, a question that we anticipate that they may already have, answering a pain point or something that that's on their mind, then we can help deliver the answer to them and hopefully give them that aha moment. So education content on LinkedIn is really key. But then we don't forget that LinkedIn is also a huge employee strategy, right? So me as a brand person, I'm looking at our employer brand as well, along with our HR teams and our leaders. So how do we celebrate some of the wins? And how do we you know, talk about new people, talk about the cultural things that we're doing internally? So it really is sort of straddling both of those worlds right now on LinkedIn for us.
0: And then how do you think about the I'll call them subscale platforms? So the Snapchat, the Pinterest, Reddit, I think all this opportunity, but it doesn't get talked about. You know, people aren't talking about Snapchat every day in the same way they are about TikTok. Have you had success with those platforms, whether at Cardata or or at Rogers? Um,
1: success with Snapchat at Rogers for sure. But then again, it's all about scale. Like The more social channels you create or the more social channels you manage as a brand, you just need to create the content to live there and have a dedicated plan. Because if you're not posting, if you're not showing up authentically, people get that and they're not going to buy it. So I think that those channels can be really successful as long as you have a scalable plan to address your content needs on those channels.
0: And are you repurposing content where you can, or or, or are you not doing much of that, like taking the TikTok and putting it on Snapchat, et cetera?
1: Yes. So, one of my, like a leader that I really look up to is named Jason Miller. And I think he was at Marketo a while back. I I think he was at LinkedIn as well. Anyway, he wrote a a book called Welcome to the Funnel. You know, Welcome to the Funnel. Um, All these amazing music.
0: That that music right here.
1: (laughs) Exactly, please amazing music references throughout and one of our CMOs back at Rogers really you know admired him so they brought him in and he did a talk about how to turkey slice your content and honestly it's one of the talks that just stuck with me for my whole career and now I use it around cardata all the time some people love it some people hate it but exactly what you're saying you know you need to have enough content for every channel, but make it look authentic and and native to the channel. So you turkey slice up your piece. So if you have an amazing 2000 word blog post, how do you turkey slice that up to be 10 LinkedIn posts, to be 20 Twitter threads, to be a white paper, then you can do a webinar topic on it. So you really do need to figure out a way to maximize the content that you're producing, especially as a smaller organization.
0: That's gold. And I can't believe I've never heard that phrase before, turkey slice your content. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Turkey slice it. Not my phrase, but it is brilliant. I just love it.
0: Yeah. And then on the influencer side again, let's just flip back here for a second. Because when you were describing the influencer strategy that you had at Rogers, it sounds like you had these longer term relationships, which is actually pretty rare. I've been in the influencer business for 7 years. And the thing that has always bothered me is that people are constantly starting from scratch. It's like, we did this influencer campaign. Now let's do a brand new one 3 months later without even referencing the one we just did. Did you... Was that an intentional strategy? And and, and how did it work exactly?
1: Absolutely. Because we wanted our influencers to be our customers. So we would sign them up for a year, two years of service. And we would work with them on a monthly basis to post, Oh, post your Rogers post this month. you know. Oh, it's holiday time. So let's get everybody to do a wrapped in red campaign for influencers. So we did hashtag wrapped in red. Before the whole ad disclosure, piece came out, which came out right when I was running the influencer program at Rogers. We didn't say hashtag ad or anything like that. We just used the hashtag with Rogers. So that was our influencers hashtag. And we were able to measure it. We were able to find out how many uses of it, how many positive or negative mentions there were around it. And it was exclusive to the influencer program. So it was definitely a long-term strategy. We brought on amazing influencers like Carl Conrad, Brittle Star... Cat and Nat did in, yep. like Ignite videos for us. And then we also had more micro influencers who were phenomenal, you know, 2,000, 4,000, 10,000 followers, who each of them had their own niche way of talking to their followers. And we found such value out of, out of our influencers there. I think one of the biggest setbacks that I really wish we could have done at Rogers that we probably could do way better at Car Data is influencer discounts. So, Unique URLs enter a coupon code to get something. The system at Rogers was so difficult to set up for that level of e-commerce and, and layering in that level with an influencer that I think that was the one challenge and one regret because that would have been really
0: measurable. A hundred percent, and that's so funny that you mentioned. So this was before did you guys get one of those scary letters from the regulator saying like, you have to disclose? <laughs> We probably
1: did. I didn't. We we got one. I remember when that happened. (laughs) Did you? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. We did. So that was a big change and shift. It wasn't too much, but it was a new direction we had to
0: take. Yeah. But it was like you have to put hashtag ad at the top, like not at the bottom of the fold, above the fold. And so, yeah, I, I remember that. That's really cool. Well, I mean, what I would say in general is the way you were doing it sounds like a lot more advanced than a lot of other companies still do it. And there's more change happening now than there was 3-4 years ago. But you were definitely a pioneer there. So yeah. what, what are you uh, looking forward to 2023? What are some of the big things that you would like to do or platforms that you want to take advantage of?
1: Yeah. Well, we did talk about TikTok. I think it would be really amazing to explore TikTok. Find out how that could be you know, a B2B channel for us. I think just really continuing with data-driven content like that is the number one thing, right? Like we want to provide value to our audience. We want to provide information that helps them make business decisions. So whether it's you know a data point around their teams on the road and how much money they can save by switching to a mileage reimbursement program like our data, those are like I'm just hungry for the data. I think that we need to be able to tell stories using the data, and then that will set us apart. So that's just more general. I think continuing on LinkedIn, doing more webinars, potentially exploring a podcast, I think would be a a really great opportunity. We've talked about that internally. And yeah, like there's so much I want to do. I think we really need to be careful with where we spend our time and how we invest.
0: Um, Yeah. I love the point you made about data because there probably is a bunch of customer data, whether it's stuff that you just pull from your platform anonymously or stuff that you get. But the ability to say, hey this 20-person company was able to save $2,000 in man-hours and it only cost them $200. And, and here's how they did it. Like, What, what a great message to put out there
1: exactly exactly and we we have the data right like we have the information we've got amazing customers who also want to you know speak up and tell their story so i think just i've been at cardata since may and now we've had our foot on the gas on a lot of things but now i'm just so excited to have a fresh year to just tackle so many of these these new
0: ideas yeah awesome well thanks so much for sharing your insights today melanie this is great thank you so much for having me so fun Thanks for listening to Modern Marketing. This podcast is brought to you by Influicity, empowering marketers to build customer communities that drive revenue. We create massive demand via social, influencer, content, paid media, and of course, podcast. Learn more at influicity.com.